I'm Gael, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest. X, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Um, my name is X Gonzalez, uh, formerly known as Emma Gonzalez. You might know me from the March for Our Lives March on Washington against uh, gun violence, for gun violence prevention and gun control. Um, and uh, yeah, that's who I am. Hello. Very cool. Yeah, you were... I still very vividly remember uh, when you kind of came into the spotlight. I think it was my freshman year in high school, uh, which is kind of wild because I'm a senior now. So it's been a while. Um, I think around that time, that was kind of a crazy, a very wild time. Um, Because I I vividly remember there was like uh, an entire walkout like all over the country. Uh, And I remember being in my third period class and like everyone kind of started walking out and, you know everybody was doing it and it was a it was really interesting that um i don't know i feel like something about that walkout i think kind of shaped or set the narrative for what would be to come in the next couple of years with protests and activism and and all of that do you think there's been a sort of resurgence in the popularity or just the 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 willingness of people to protest and become an activist of sorts Definitely. There are so many young people nowadays who are just, sorry, my roommates are really loud, but it's, there's a, there's a definite, um, there's a definite existence in, in this, like of energy in this age range where it's like, I want to go outside and do something. I am desperate to just move around to, you know, give something that I can to the people in this world. And, you know, like, there's a lot of energy to offer, especially because I mean, so many people like adults are like, you can't do anything about this. And it's like, well, I want to overcompensate and prove that I can do something about this. And so like, with the handy dandiness of like Twitter and and technology and stuff, it's really easy for us to like, communicate with a lot of people from a lot of places and say, you know, what, fuck it, we're doing a walkout. And then everybody can get all the information at once. Mm -hmm. When did you start getting into activism? And when did you, when do you think that your journey of being an activist kind of was, was lit on fire? Honestly, like, I feel like I've always been a type of person to just be more outspoken. Like I would like to credit Rift Tracks and MST3K for being, mm-hmm. <laughs> for being the, um, just kind of in, in the comedic way, you know, where you're watching a movie and then you make a joke under your breath. But like, I wanted to say it loud enough for everybody in the theater to hear it. And I didn't, but you know, that type of stuff where it's like, I, I want to be able to say something that everybody could hear and like would enjoy that it would positively impact people. And like, um, I became the president of our gay straight Alliance, which has since been renamed the gender and sexuality Alliance, which is really cool. Um, and as president, we would like, go to the Walmart after school and plan what we wanted to do in the club meetings, like for the next month. Um, And it was like really fun. We would have these political conversations about like things that were going on in the legislation and stuff or conversations about like, what do you think masculinity is? What do you think Mm. femininity is? You know, like let's talk about modern media like that, um, that 
that little gay short video that was animated about like the little redhead with his heart jumping out of his oh, chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's called heartbeat or something, but like mm-hmm. that came out during like when, when we were doing all that and it was really cute. We were able to discuss it and watch it with each other and just like, it, it was a beautiful little space that we created. And so I was definitely one of the people that was like, if I know something is true and somebody is clearly wrong, I would like to correct them. Um, and so that just kind of kept going and here I am. And how old were you again? <laughs> I was like uh, 17, 18, I think 18 mm-hmm. at the time. And it's funny that you say that you're a senior in high school because that is the age of like probably half the people in March for Our Lives. Like yeah. a lot of the people in March for Our Lives when it was like the beginning of an organization was were like freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors mm-hmm. in high school. All baby ages. Very funny. Yeah. You know, I think the reason for that is probably just, it just resonated so deeply with us, right? Yeah. Because um, I, I think the most common or I guess the most horrific place where like a school shooting could happen is a school. And that's like lost yeah. in part of our history, I guess. And I think younger generations. Do, do you, okay, this one's kind of interesting. Do you think the fact that through social media, you're able to spread like videos of the shootings and like graphic images and stuff like that? Do you think there's good to that? And do you think that's part of the reason why many, so many people feel passionate? Or is it just glorifying violence for no reason? That is a very, very good question to ask. Um, And honestly, I think there is probably truth to both sides of it. You know, like in terms of there is a benefit to spreading the information that you might see in terms of like, because it is on video somebody got arrested and rightfully charged for the murder of an unarmed black man, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, because that was on video and there's no denying video evidence, something was actually able to happen. However, in other cases, as you have said, yeah, it it becomes trauma porn and it becomes too much and Mm -hmm. just like needless and gratuitous violence that people on social media feel like they are obligated to watch because it happened to someone. And so in order to make so, make sure that they don't feel heartless or anything, they're like, well, I have to watch it because if they went through it, then like the least I can do is go through it with them or something like that, you know? And that's not a productive way, I feel, to be like an activist or to do activist related things. Like you, you need to protect yourself in these spheres and guard your energies And you don't have to, like, have watched or been there to go through something that somebody's gone through in order to know that you want to help. And, I, you know, and if it takes that to make somebody want to help, that's so fucked up. Like, they really, if if they need to watch somebody die in order for them to want to get involved, something was not being communicated properly. And there are a lot of, like, older people who might need to participate in some of these things and actually see because they're so disconnected with other people and they have no idea, no empathy for what's going on. Um, Like if adults actually had to do as many lockdown drills as students did on a daily basis, they would think about gun violence a lot more and they'd probably vote, vote measures for gun violence prevention. But anywho. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're, we're directly affected and I, I'm kind of, I wonder if, I think, I think how to phrase this, I guess I wonder if, there is like a very big difference in how students sort of think about gun violence than adults. 
Um, I know there's obviously a lot of adults that also have that constant worry, but I think as students, that pressure is so much, so much bigger, especially because I, I, I feel like the shootings that are most amplified is, is, is the ones that happen to children in school. And that's when you get like trauma porn and you get uh, a resurgence of just like violent videos. And, and a lot of these don't really have trigger warnings. Like they're spread out over the internet and you have like freshmen, middle schoolers, like watching that and getting traumatized. Yeah. How do you think? And like, you know, it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that it, it really only serves to instill fear in people. Like one of the reasons that these things happen, like the motive behind making like something like this happen is that it is an act of terrorism. And by definition, that instills fear and terror into the people involved. And so when people watch these videos and re-traumatize themselves a lot over and over and over again, the terrorism is being fulfilled. Like people who have perpetrated these violences get what they want. If you feel so paralytically afraid every day and like we have every reason to be afraid and every reason to feel like valid fears and stuff. But like watching these videos, that is like something that they want you to do. And it's, mm. it's, it's good to know that, like, you should not be watching them. If you can stay away from it, you should not be watching it. Yeah, I think I think I really like the point you make that it's, it's really definitely really messed up that it kind of takes such traumatic graphic evidence in order for people to care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that that definitely is odd. I what do you think about um, when it comes to just activism as a whole? And and obviously, there's so many issues around the world. You got things going on in Poland with abortion laws. You got things going on in India and in, in China, in Russia, in America. Right. Like there, there's things going on in all parts of the world. And it seems like all these issues are terrible. And and what people are beginning to feel, I think now more than before, is a sort of burnout. Right. And we're mm-hmm. getting burnt out of how do you how do I care for all these causes? What do I choose? I don't want to be performative but I also don't yeah. want to just ignore it. How do you find that balance? That is once again, a wonderful question. Um, it is, it is a really important question to ask yourself. Like, you know, if you consider yourself an activist, it is vital to think like, how do I want to spend my energies? And if you're new to this, or if you just, you know, if you don't really know what to do next or something, I would recommend that you just think long and hard about the things that really pull you in the things that you really feel gravitated towards for any particular reason and like learn as much as you can about it like you don't have to watch the triggering videos and stuff like read books about it learn all of the situations in which like possible solutions can come or all of the possible solutions that do already exist and aren't being utilized because their solutions that black and brown and BIPOC people have come up with and white people keep ignoring them. Um, Lots of stuff where it's like, if you really want to get involved, there's tons of little things that you can do, you know, bumping various petitions on, on Twitter and stuff, or staying off of Twitter and working on your own brain. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. there's actually a lot that, that we don't really talk about where it's like, if you are not your best self in the activist sphere or the sphere of activism, you're probably going to negatively impact the people around you. If you're feeling hurt from other people, you might end up hurting someone else. 
And it's very important to keep your own energies and your own actions in check and keep looking at yourself first and foremost before you think I have the, all of the answers. And sometimes it's okay to take a break and you're allowed to still call yourself an activist or still think of yourself as an activist, even though you're quote unquote, not, you're not really like doing anything right now. You know, like maybe you're not planning a protest maybe you're not speaking at a protest maybe you're not making protest signs and maybe you're not planning a sort of event or anything. You don't have to do that in order to feel like an activist. Like if you have a conversation with your parents, that's a hard conversation about why they should care about poor people. <laughs> that counts. That's something. <laughs> Um, and, and things like that, you know, like regular everyday interactions can be just as, just as big, like in the grand scheme of things as a huge mm -hmm. protest. So do you think everyone should be an activist? It honestly depends on like, on what you want in life. You know, some people don't really want to, mm. don't really want to think that way, or they, they have other things on their mind. And that's the cool thing about the human race is that there's over 7 billion people. <laughs> like, not everybody has to be thinking about the same thing at the same time. <laughs> like, and it's also like, you don't have to be a full-time activist. You can be a part-time activist and still, still be valid. You don't have to drop everything to do something. You, you can do it in your spare time and you're, you still count. You are still a person in the fight. Um, and like, maybe you'll go a really long period of time where you you're not an activist you don't consider yourself an activist at all but that doesn't mean that you'll never be one again and it doesn't mean that you weren't one before yeah i think uh i i i have a feeling that a lot of the the rise of sort of sort of like an instagram social media activist with a lot of repost and just more than anything really just reposting information yeah is that now they're starting to kind of be arguments about whether you should even be doing that or keeping it to yourself because originally it was like yeah everyone should be reposting this repost the repost and now it's kind of like okay i'm tired of you reposting it and then being going back to normal um so i feel like there's a dysfunction when it comes to organizing and 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 i think a, a lot of people get mad at others for not caring maybe as deeply or maybe not doing the same amount And there's sort of a miscommunication into what is valid, I guess, and what what is the extent that some people can do and how that, you know, even though it might not be incredibly detailed and some people might see it as performative, it's still them attempting to do something. Yeah, like I, I feel like it's very important for people to to recognize that we haven't really done activism and social media at the same time for very long we're all still figuring out how we think things should go, how we think activism is ethical with social media involved. Mm -hmm. And it just makes a lot of sense that, you know, in the, in the beginning, everybody was like, oh, I want you to repost this. I want, to, I want you to spread this around. I need everybody as possible to see this and stuff, just spreading the word. But then we realized that that doesn't, Just because, you know, something's getting spread around doesn't mean anything's going to happen. And so now everybody's like, well, so what do we do? What do we do here? Do we do we take the direct action? Do we go to the lawmakers themselves? Do we tell people that like, okay, instead of spreading this around, this is what you can do. It's something that like, as quickly as we make these changes and as quickly as we have these like 
these understandings of like, oh, that's not going to help something. We need to switch to here. It takes a while for everybody to get on that same page and for somebody to have thought of something new and then for everybody to go in that direction. Like, I think it's, I think it's okay to be forgiving with ourselves in this time period of like learning how to make change in the spheres that we have, because technology has advanced so quickly that we're still learning how we can use it. Um, Mm -hmm. And additionally, where like people feel like, well, if you're not ride or die, then then you're not like, then then you're not ride or die. If you're not ride or die, then you, you're not, you can't call yourself an activist or something like that. Like, I feel like a lot of people who feel like they're doing a lot and might take it out on other people that the other people aren't doing a lot. It's, it's a cry for, I need somebody to validate what I'm doing. I need somebody to notice what I'm doing and I need somebody to understand and see the sacrifices that I am making. And that is something about activism that I should hope everybody would know by now. It is a thankless job. Nobody's going to come up to you and clap, clap you on the back and say, great job, man. Like that does not happen. And if it does, it doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> it does not feel like oh, everything's worth it. Cause one person said, thank you. Mm. No, that's not how it feels. And also like you're working in a place where in, in a, in a sphere where you're predominantly not going to be paid for what you do because it's nonprofits and volunteering. And that's why it's helpful to society is because it doesn't drain society. It doesn't take money. It gives money. It gives things. It's a constant outpouring. It's a constant well. People aren't built that way, though. And we need to be given things in order to continue to put out things. And so some people can only do activism part-time. Or some people might need a break for an unspecified period of time, like a sabbatical, and then go back to it when they're ready. It doesn't mean that they were fake. It means that they like have other things going on. And there really, I feel needs to be some more understanding and some more forgiveness with people existing as people, you know, in terms of like, I am busy and I can't do that. I, oh, I know I said I could go with you to this thing, but I don't think it would be right mentally for me to go. I don't, I don't think I'm in the right space. You know, like there should be a little bit more of a normalization mm-hmm. and a little bit more of a calm reaction to people having a difference of opinion or a difference of energies or a difference of needs in terms of like, I need to do activism or I need to take a nap today. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I, people need to be more understanding, empathetic, yeah. but it is a really draining job to be constantly trying to care for everyone and then balance your mental health and your own struggles and no one's caring for you. Yeah. I think the sooner we understand that, the more compassionate, the more effective we could really join together. And like, that kind of leads me to my next point. Do you think, do you think th- there's become, I, I guess, a sort of um, unhelpful and maybe even damaging uh, way of approaching activism that involves using very complicated language and complex language and words that a majority of the population doesn't understand and how that's just leading to people getting burnt out and maybe just feeling like this is too far a complicated issue to even take a step into learning and is that harming the movements that we're trying to protect and, and cater and grow to, with yeah i i would definitely agree i think that there really should be more often like 
opportunities for people to receive after having been giving for so long. People need to be able to receive something after having given some things. There will be more people in the activism sphere if if it's a thankful job. Like what I was saying before really, really does apply in terms of like, hmm, well, if we give the workers benefits, maybe we'll have more of a, maybe we'll have more workers. Maybe, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll retain our workers for longer. You know, things like that, where like, there's the attitude, there's the propaganda aspect of like, you know, um, as you were saying, the language that's probably too big for some people. Um, You're making all these big fancy points and arguments and legalese structures, and it's just destroying the people who are trying to just put a good foot forward and offer love, compassion and help for the people who need it. And making a situation that should be a good one full of bureaucracy. And yeah, I would I would heavily agree that the spaces of activism that currently exist are not always the best, specifically right now, because not a lot of people really understand how to do it. And like once again, we're still figuring out how to make activism and social media work together and like how we're actually going to be able to make a change and spread news and stuff in a in, in an ethical way and a, a not traumatizing way and like just looking at the burnout that people are feeling now like it's so clear to see the sources of where that burnout is coming from you know like nobody's getting paid enough minimum wage is just like the the the, the need for minimum wage to increase is only increasing as inflation increases there's no universal health care the climate is dying. Like there's lots and lots of things to feel burnt out about. And it seems like the places where we work and the places that we exist in outside of work do not give us enough support to be able to continue producing while we have these anxieties and these these pressures externally. Yeah. And X, are you are you burnt out are you do you feel like i don't know you're you're digging at a at a, at a grave that's just far a hole far too deep hmm what a, what a lovely question yes i am feeling burnt out thank you for asking <laughs> i am watching all the people around me feel burnt out um it also doesn't help that with quarantine and and covid19 college and schooling has only gotten more and more confusing and tedious um especially because even though i'm here in person i'm online and even though Mm -hmm. it's online we don't have like spring or fall breaks so we can't relax from the work (laughs) it's just just no support for a lot of people and like that's true for like all the colleges in the country right now that's not just like here like everybody's going through it at the same time and it doesn't seem like anybody is addressing it in a way that there can be a positive change and so i've been making a sweater and i've been watching a lot of tv and painting occasionally and getting high like every day um (laughs) you know because i found that this is something that works for me like medical marijuana is Mm -hmm. is what my brain needs and i've found that it is actually like medically positive for my brain and that's one of the things that's kind of helped me stay afloat 
in a burnout period and and still enjoy the things that I normally enjoy help me combat like the symptoms of my depression anxiety and CPTSD is like just existing in a very very high state it's very nice yeah I I really really hope you're like taking care of yourself and it sounds like you are which makes me glad to hear because from the outside like looking in it must it must be it it looks so draining um yeah just what a responsibility you have that maybe you didn't even really ask for but Mm -hmm. you have millions of followers on twitter people listen to your words and you have to be constantly educating yourself and and, you know staying on top of it because one wrong move and you know you you could lose credibility you lose like the movement whatever and you just it's a tough job being an activist so thank you for what you do though Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, like, could not agree more. It is a very precarious situation to exist in. And once again, not one that I particularly asked for. Um, but yeah, I, I actually have been taking a break, which is one of the reasons why yeah. I've been advocating in this time period of ours, that people should take breaks. It's yeah. kind of important. It doesn't mean that you've stopped doing the work. It just means that your body needs to fucking recharge. Like, are you kidding me? You can't yeah. just do it for forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do you think... I'm I'm curious, are you, do you think, how do you feel about the situation you were placed in and like what you were able to grow? Is that something that sometimes you wish that like you could have just been a very, I guess maybe unknown person just living your own life, doing your own thing? Or are you glad that you were able to get the platform that you have? Because I'm sure you're thankful for it, but is it something that, you know, truthfully you were really just I, I don't know I guess that you really appreciate having now instead of just a normal life I guess yeah it's definitely a weird thing to have to come to term to and come to terms with and stuff um yeah but I I definitely feel like I I don't like to look at the past and be like damn I regret that decision I wish I could go back and change things because thinking that way is it's not gonna, it's not gonna make you go back and change things. Like, it's good to think for the future and be like, okay, well, I know that I've done this before. And I can, I didn't like that response. So I'm going to change that behavior or change that action and not do it again or something. However, that was kind of a random once in a lifetime thing. I don't think anything that I can think of now would change that in the future or anything. Um, But yeah, I, I, I would say that, like, I'm glad that at the time, I was able to communicate in a way that people felt a connection to what I was saying and a kinship with who I presented myself as and that we as an organization and as a group of kids managed to completely and totally dominate the narrative and actually communicate about the problems that were actually happening instead of letting politicians take over and create a stump speech instead of actually changing laws Mm um i'm glad that we were able to actually get some laws changed like florida has erpos now we didn't have erpos before extreme risk protection orders like that is fucking vital every state needs to have those and like you know biden's passing some gun violence prevention legislation and obviously it's not enough but like a couple more pieces than we had before. Like I am going to be happy about the little things along the way. But yeah, I mean, 
looking at all the experiences I've had is very strange. And I don't even know if I can say that I'm happy with them or upset with them. Like, obviously, I've had a lot of trauma. And most of it came from the experiences I've had, like, post everything. Um, but it's, it's, I'm definitely here. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's mostly you what I can it. say. Yeah. I'm here. I made it. I lived, bitch. Like, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I guess that's always something to be happy yeah. about. But I can't imagine just how surreal it must be that it's very surreal. Like it's, it's, I, once again, I can't even label it as positive or negative. There are things that are positive and there are things that are negative. And like, at the end of the day, I'm still just trying to remember everything that's happened to me. I am sorting through flashbacks by drawing mm-hmm. them on post-it notes, putting them aside for later and then dealing with them when I have the mental capacity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely weird to look back at the life you once had and acknowledge that that's no longer what it is. Yeah. Um, that everything is a, a little bit different. And I guess you have an extreme case of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess um, my our last couple of things that I want to, I want to talk about, I think um, the nation itself and a lot of young people feel a sense of anxiety, a constant anxiety for, um, Oh gee, oh, gee do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> surprisingly um it's pretty fucking bad yeah yeah it's not good um which is obviously an issue and i just you know what advice do you have for young people freshmen sophomores juniors seniors college kids even people are young like elementary and middle school who see all these things and they're paranoid like what if i go here and something happens what if i go to school and something happens how how do you think is the best way to deal with the anxiety of that there's there's two answers to this dealing with the anxiety that comes with that and what could you do to help prevent it for the preventation or the preventativeness for it like i would definitely advocate if not if you if you haven't already talked to your parents about it or you don't want to talk to your parents about it like and you might feel disillusioned by the voting system and stuff but like you can call your legislatures and leave a message and be like, assuming they don't pick up and be like, Hey, I want you to know that this is something that I legitimately care about. This is something that I know affects me because at the end of the day, the people who are in office were voted into office and they wouldn't be trying to make it as hard as possible to prevent people from voting. If voting didn't do something, if voting didn't have an impact, if voting didn't have an impact, they they wouldn't be gerrymandering and redlining and, making it as hard as possible for people of color to vote, you know, like that's kind of, it's kind of proving that votes do matter. Um, and like specifically talking to them, like it's possible that they just don't know. And if you actually call them and let them know that something is, is fucking stressing you out and, and grinding into your soul, like if they don't respond positively to that, then you know where to stand when it comes to voting. You can be like, hey, that's really fucked up. I can't believe that you didn't side with me on gun violence prevention. You're not cool. I'm going to tell all my friends to vote against you. Like, at the end of the day, a lot of people in power, they don't care about the legislation. They care about staying in office. And you control whether or not they stay in office. So you might not be able to vote now, but we all have the receipts. We all carry bloodlust vendettas against people who have wronged us we have an elephant's memory 
mm-hmm. on the second side of things in terms of dealing with anxiety, I would highly recommend for as many people as possible to get a therapist. There is so much of a need for everybody, everybody possible to get a therapist. And there's not a lot of ability for a lot of young people to get therapists because first of all, therapy is expensive and it's less expensive with insurance, but not a lot of people have insurance. And considering we don't have free universal health care, it's all the more harder. But there are a lot of online texting services and online services in general for digital therapists that are either free or less expensive than the conventional therapy. There are also books that people can read about like therapy or being able to practice mindfulness and help ground yourself in a moment where you are feeling very anxious. There's obviously lots of YouTube videos on such such topics. Find yourself in a deep meditation rabbit hole. You know, go for it. Have a great Saturday afternoon doing that type of stuff. Um, but also know that you are not alone in that anxiety. Everybody feels the same exact way. And this is going to sound weird, but getting more educated about the thing that's making you anxious might help alleviate some of that anxiety. Like, you might think it'd make you more anxious because you're like, oh, God, I know the statistics now. And oh, my God, like, it's possible. Depending on where you look for information, you might get more anxious. And so obviously, be careful with yourself in doing so. But in some aspects, you might actually feel more relaxed to know certain things. Like, if you listen to the podcast Gangster Capitalism Season 2 about the NRA, it is one of the funniest and most stress-relieving podcasts to listen to. In my humble opinion, it makes me laugh every time I listen to it. Because it's about the NRA, one of the most supposedly scary industries in protecting gun like rights in this country, and you're listening to how terribly they're doing in terms of how they're taking money away from members and buying suits with them and paying for lush vacations and poaching animals in Africa with their fancy guns. And like, it actually brings levity to the situation and makes you feel better about what's going on. Because you realize that like, the forces of evil in this conversation are like, no more scary than the bad guys in Scooby-Doo that the kids always reveal at the end of the episodes. You know, like, we really do have the power. Yeah, that's really, I really like the advice of getting educated. Um, I guess, I guess the reason it works is just, it it really does ground you. I guess, I guess there's confidence and knowledge and understanding Mm -hmm. the issue. Um, The last thing is you now identify as X and they, Mm -hmm. them. What kind of words of encouragement do you have to someone that is also, you know, thinking about how they express themselves and how they feel most comfortable in their own skin? Yeah, um, definitely. I think that, like, a lot more people should should really take a close look at their own gender identity and stuff and, and realize maybe I only actually like this because it's been put on me and that's what I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe Maybe I don't actually identify with this and that's why I've always felt like one of those I'm not like other girl type of girls maybe it's because I'm not a girl (laughs) (laughs) I mean at the end of the day it's just really thinking about your own self and what's going on in your own mind and how people perceive you and stuff and like how you feel you are perceived you know it's like just just give yourself the chance to like envision and like think of yourself as one of those like those Barbie dress-up games you can make yourself look exactly how you want to look perceived exactly how you want to be perceived what would you do where which direction would you go because you know what 
that's this is it this is now go for it mm-hmm. you have you have the range that's really good advice i do agree a lot of people don't don't bother thinking about it they're like it can't be me but they take I dyed my eyebrow I dyed my eyebrow blue last night because you know what it can be me it can be you <laughs> why uh, why'd you choose blue oh well like the rest of my hair is also blue and I was like mm-hmm. I'll make it match but my, my roommates <laughs> were bleaching their hair and I was like I'm gonna do my eyebrow too <laughs> but only one only one eyebrow. only one well I have a piercing on the other one and I didn't want to put bleach in the piercing <laughs> oh, that makes sense that makes yeah. sense uh anyways x is there anything else i didn't ask you or talk about that you think would be important or something that you want to tell the world yeah i just want to stress the importance to everybody of educating oneself in any area where somebody wants to like wherever you want to focus on like make sure that you don't feel like you're the king of all kings you're everybody needs to start at the lowest of all lows and work their way up and like have respect for other people and feel humble. And also therapy is vitally important and everybody really should get a deeper understanding of their brain. And if you know somebody who really doesn't wanna do that, chances are they're avoiding something and they need to address it. Um, And they might end up taking it out on you. So be careful with yourself. And additionally, um, I think everybody should be a little bit more open to the concept of like experiencing life with forgiveness and understanding in terms of like people typically make mistakes and like it's not helpful to kick them out of society once they've made a mistake what's helpful is explaining to them how they've made that mistake what they did wrong how it hurt people and holding them accountable so that they don't do it again you know like Mm -hmm. i personally think that we should change cancel culture to roasting culture again I think roasting culture was was very beneficial to all of our brains <laughs> and and kept things lighthearted and good. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. That wasn't that's interesting. That that kind of brought back some memories. I remember. <laughs> remember when everybody would just go boy and yeah. and and society was good. They were like that <laughs> yeah. No need to overcomplicate it like gatekeep their issues just roast them till I'm stupid. Exactly. Okay. Just <laughs> Uh, yes, I agree. Well, thank you, X, so much for joining thank me. You. It was a really insightful conversation. And uh, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So I'm on Instagram, uh, Emma Wise 18. And I'm on Twitter. New The new at is at callmex. Um, and I'm out there existing. <laughs> In S- the world. See, me, see me talk. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been beautiful and lovely. Of course.